the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Planted with Sarah Pion. I'm Sarah Pion, your host, and today we have a very special guest. We have the legendary David Crosby, singer, guitarist, songwriter. I know you've all heard of him out there, and also a cannabis connoisseur. So I'm really excited to have him on the show today. David, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Well, you're a knowledgeable sort of person that a person would want to talk to. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I I grew up listening to your music, so just being able to geek out with you on these things, I'm just, I'm so looking forward to it today. But the first question... I grew up listening to the music, that's probably where some of the mental troubles started. <laughs> right? No, but it's... <laughs> And any time I wanted to like get into that space of just being like calm and especially like going for like long drives on some of my favorite places, you know, your music has always been the soundtrack. And actually, when I was on my way to Sunny Modesto yesterday, we played your first, where we played your latest album that you did in 2021. And I could. For free? For free, one? yeah. Well, it's a good record. It was I've awesome. I got another one. I've got another one in the can, uh, finished, ready to go. Oh, what is it? Uh, it's more of that crazy lighthouse band. Me and Michael League from Snarky Puppy, mm. and and uh, Becca Stevens and Michelle Willis. It's a really crazy chemistry, and we it works, man. Uh, oh. really good record. I'm really excited to hear that. When I was listening to River Rise, I could totally. We were listening, and all of a sudden, you heard, I, you know, your voice is unmistakable. But then Michael McDonald coming up, I was like, "Oh, yeah, Mikey's good, man, is he? I think he's the best male singer in the country. That voice, you can't miss it. No, I love him. He's a really great guy. Yeah, I mean, a really wonderful cat too. Oh man, that it's 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 just amazing. Family guy, sober guy, you know, all the good stuff. Oh, right on. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, when you think about like working in, in the music industry or in entertainment in general, it's like, well, you know, my husband has been a touring musician for over 30 years and he used to talk about Yeah, so you understand it's a full spectrum environment. Yeah, <laughs> especially when the road crazies happen. Yeah, there's <laughs> real, real road crazies and, and we just have to deal with it. But where were we? We were talking about Fox. Oh, yeah. Well, I wanted to actually go back to, well, you're talking about music, but before we get into all of that, I always like to ask a question of all my guests. What was your first cannabis experience? Oh, first one. Okay. There used to be a folk duo called Bud and Travis. Uh, Travis was Travis Edmondson. He was a kid from down in the border country, right along the border with Mexico. And he was a talented guitar player and singer, and he split up with Bud uh, because Bud was actually kind of a not such a nice guy. And and uh, he was working by himself. He got invited to a dinner. He and his bass player and, and his drummer, uh, and uh, I was their transportation because they didn't have cars, and I did. I had an old 52 Ford. So they're all sitting in the back seat of the Ford, and I'm driving. And I wonder, why are the three of them sitting in the back seat? And then I hear these noises, and then I smell this stuff. And <clears throat> I said, what are you guys smoking? They said, pot. And I said, well, give me some. 
And they said, no, 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 no. And then the bass player says, no, get the kids up, man. Get the kids up. <laughs> so they hand the joint up to me, and I take a puff, and all of a sudden, I'm feeling real good. <laughs> and I'm driving along kind of slow. <laughs> <laughs> That and that was my first experience, and I, I liked it a lot. That you know, it, it's so funny. And so many times I hear people say that they didn't think that they got high the first time, but you definitely felt it. Oh no, question. I, I was. You know how people say I was born for this. Yeah. Well, sometimes I think I might have been born to be high. I, it's just the most natural thing in the world to me. <laughs> I I totally feel that I do understand that for me it's it's something where like when I'm going through my day and if I start to get like frustrated with something Jeff will look at me and he'll be like have you have you smoked anything today and I'll say yeah no he's like maybe you should <laughs> yeah get down on someone honey yeah that's it it changes everything um, so we were talking before we got on to record and you were saying that um, you were doing some trimming. So you've, you've got, you have a couple of things going on because you have a brand that's launching and then you also do your own cultivation at home, right? Yep. I, the cultivation at home is just your natural norm, normal, you know, home grow. We, we grow because uh, we smoke it and it's better to grow it yourself than buy it. Yeah, and it's fun. We like it. We're good at it. We like it. We, we like the plants, and we have fun with it. I heard uh, your wife Jan has a green thumb. A bit of green thumb. She has a green thumb. She's very, very naturally good at it, and so we have very healthy plants. And and uh, you know, we do a lot of stuff: ground cover, feeding, soil composition. You know, we're into it. We 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 enjoy it. It's it's like cooking or something you know where you you kind of really get into the chemistry of it and get into the fun of it and and it's the most natural thing in the world for us so yeah we do there's nothing like going into a girl i love i well when i grow i do not have a green thumb so when i grow i normally grow not necessarily to propagate the buds but i like to juice it because that's and I always, I always laugh when I do them from seeds and I get males and I look at Jeff and I smile wickedly and I say, we juice the males. <laughs> <laughs> but what are you, what are you, um, what strains or cultivars are you propagating this year? Uh, geez, you know, we don't even, there's, I don't even know. Uh, Janie knows the names of some of them, but names are totally deceptive because uh, everybody thinks up new ones every week. True. And. And, you know, all the shops think up a brand new, hey, I got a new name. <laughs> Especially if it's Dustin not selling. Guts. Yeah, exactly. Like it? I like it too. Let's call this stuff Dustin Beaver Guts. <laughs> that and is the truth. Just, <laughs> it is the truth. They all do it. And so there's, I don't worry about the names. I, you know, I, I, I listen to them and I recognize some of them and some of them, you know, are significant, you know, uh, but I, I don't really, I don't, I don't pay that much attention to it. Uh, our, our plants, uh, I don't, I don't even know. Jandy does. She knows which ones came from where, you know, um, we're friends with some growers. Uh, 
serious scars up in uh, Humboldt. Mm -hmm. And so some of them, some of our plants came from them. Some of them came from uh, from uh, clones down here. Some of them came from seed that we planted from kinds that we like smoking. I mean, it's, it's every possible different way of doing it. That's how we're doing it. What are some of the qualities that you like in in your flowers? Like, do you like things that are more like for me, I like different things, different times a day. Well, that's changed. Yeah. I used to seek out strength more than anything else. I used to seek out the strongest pot I could possibly get. But the truth is the pot is so strong now that, uh, that I don't, I, I don't seek that. It's, it's all strong as I need it to be. I, I take two or three puffs and I'm whacked. You know, and, 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 and I like smoking it. So I kind of wanted, you know, maybe some less strong pot. But the, I I do like the strength in, in, in pot. But what I seek now is taste and flavor. Yeah. Smell and flavor. You know, the, the flavor and the smell just kill me. And, and, and because of that, I like sativa, you know, or sativa, you know, once it started out as sativa. I'll tell you a story. When I was in the 70s, buying pot from guys who were the earliest growers in Hawaii. And these guys were on, on Maui, uh, upcountry in Kula. Uh, and they were growing weed that they had gotten from Mexico, from, uh, they were growing sensitive from, from Michoacan. That's where they got the seeds. And they were already then in 1970, <clears throat> they had tie sticks and they were crossing them. Wow. Okay, so that's how far back I witnessed those strains being crossed. <clears throat> so anybody who tells me they got pure tie or, or, or I mean, pure, uh, you know, uh, pure one or the other uh, is, is really mm, you're gonna have to prove it to me even a geneticist yeah I, I think mostly it's gotten it's gotten you know very very mixed together and very hybrid and very you know creating new things yeah for sure yeah every everything these days is a hybrid I actually had a friend who had some property out in Santa Cruz that he had rented for decades to these people and he when they left they left a bunch of jars of seeds that had like they were definitely like old land races and he's like i i don't know how old they are but i want to pop them because this is probably the closest i'll ever get to the real thing and i was like you you have to do it you have to tell me what happens because it's you know people really miss though I, mean, I i like i like the advent of like i like seeing how things develop in new flowers with like qualities mm -hmm. of some of my favorites but it would be something to be able to to try like what they all originated from, like some really old land race. But you don't get that unless you know somebody who's like just like a, a really strict collector, I guess. I don't think you're going to find it hardly any place at all now. But I think that, that the weed now has evolved some to be stronger. Yeah. And and is uh, really, really good. I. You mentioned before that I, I was going to have a, a pot company. I am eventually, but I think, you know, uh, that until it goes 
internationally, mm-hmm. it's sensible that the kinds of ridiculous uh, laws and regulations that they are stacking on top of them everywhere that they're letting them do it legally, uh, the, the, the state laws and regulations are absurd. They're, they, they are. And we, we have to. Absolutely fucking absurd. And, and it doesn't, and you, and they're different everywhere. Yeah. So you'd have to do a different deal in each state. And here's my thinking on it. There's, well, there's, there's two levels to it. One is politicians. Okay. There's two kinds of politicians. One kind of politician says, I could take that money, that tax money, if we legalize pot and do exactly the stuff you elected me to do, health, education, welfare, real stuff. The other kind of politician, which is probably more numerous, is the kind that, could, that says, I know I could steal some of it off the bottom. Yeah. And, uh, and either way, they want it. Okay. That's the significant fact. Now, the, the place where I think it's going to make a difference is the banks. Right now, because it's not federally legal, you can't bank it in this country. So the Canadian banks are getting up to billions with a V in dollars from over here. And they are fucking loving it. But the banks in the States, man, I'm pretty sure they, they're pissed. Yeah. And, and they have the president's phone number. Believe me, they do. Well, So I, I think they're going to call up and say, listen, you know, this is getting into serious money here. Uh, and uh, we want it back in the United States. you got to legalize it. Yeah, and they, they the, do. Well, it's silly, man. Having to have armed guards at every single, you know, dispensary in the in the country because you can only deal in cash uh, is pretty silly. It's an expense they don't need. Uh, it's true. It's, uh, it's, but when they do, when they do legalize it federally, which I believe they're going to do, uh, then I then yeah, my my face and and name are so recognizable that I'd be silly not to. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Because I know like when um, when Trixie came out with uh, Garcia's pick, that Mm -hmm. that was huge. And I heard that she actually had to leave her operations in California because it's just so hard to do business here as a cannabis company. It is, man. It's ridiculous. It is. The the regulatory stuff is way out of fucking hand. Yeah. they're way out of it and they're still they're messing with the people that they're that are trying to be commercial growers so much that the commercial growers are still stacking 50 kilos in the back of their pickup truck and going driving to wisconsin to that same phone number they've been always driving to See and, that, uh, that... Do it, and doing it under the table for cash because the regulatory stuff is so intense and so completely over the over the top yeah, that puts people in a dangerous space. You were mentioning Humboldt earlier, and Jeff and I had gone up there a month ago to visit some farmers, and they were saying that, you know, normally when if we would have come up, there would have been like 20 other farmers to come hang out with us. But the amount of people who are just, they're losing their livelihoods they're, that they've, you know, had for generations, and the suicides up there of farmers are is crazy right now. It's the whole the whole mental health of the farmer. It's, it's, it's not good. It's no. a really not a good story. No, what's it's happening not. To farmers. And I, and I would like to change that 
if I do a pot company, I'm going to uh, pay top dollar to the people that I get to grow to grow the weed. But we're thinking about some different ideas, you know, on how to market it and how to show people what what it is. And we'll see if I if I've got if my ideas are good. We'll see. Are you gonna? Are you thinking? And I know that these these things can change and evolve. But are you looking at doing a sun grown or indoor? A uh, sun grown. I like I like sun grown. I don't. <laughs> the main reason to do indoor, honey, is so you can do two crops a year. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. There's nothing like the sun. <laughs> That's why they're doing. It's because it's more controlled. Yeah, I, I more controlled, less weeds and bugs. And but but uh, mainly so that they can try to do, you know, they can try to hype the crop and hype the, the thing and, and hype the lights and hype the gross, you know, mixture to get two crops a year. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can I can. Which I'm really not interested in at all. No, I don't understand when somebody tells me they have a full spectrum LCD light because I don't believe that that exists. Yeah, I don't believe it either. And, and and also that's not the only thing. The light isn't the only thing. Right. And, and I don't, you know, I understand that, the, that they're doing it, you know, and that in, it all makes sense. And you wind up with these little mugs, you know, but they're, they're not pretty like buds are. And they're not, they don't smell good like buds do. And they're not the way that I would like to see it and sell it. But we'll see if we'll see. I'm, I'll I'll get a shot at it probably next year, and uh, and you'll get to see if my ideas are any good. I'm really excited to see that because it's you know there's uh, there have been several celebrity brands out there, but my money is on the celebrity brands of people who actually know what they're doing. Well, some of them do. Some of them do. Some of them. Some of them do, and some of them are having a very good time with it. Seth is. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's been having a lot of fun with it, hasn't he? He's been having a lot of fun with it, which I really admire, and I like him anyway. Uh, and uh, there are there are other people who, who are men. I just think it's so easy to want to go big, you know, and I don't need to do that, and so I'm not going to. I'm, I'm trying to go good. Yeah. If I do do a pop brand, it'll be extremely good and it's going to smell good and taste good and look good. I love that. I love that. That's the thing with the way the industry has changed here. When I first started over a decade ago, when we were still getting trained for federal raids (laughs) in the stores, but we had all of those small farmers with just beautiful, beautiful stuff that you just don't see anymore. And, you know, the reason that I started getting into policy was because there's just so much stigma around what we do and, and you can't, they don't do that to any other industry. The taxation in California is completely insane. And then I don't know if you know this, David, but where those taxes go, some of it goes to nonprofits like the Public Health Institute that actively lobby against cannabis. So the taxes that we're paying as an industry are actually the state is actually giving them to act actively fund people who work against us. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that these things have to change because when you look at that kind of like evangelism, they're not even really doing it for public health. They're doing it for their own profit. It's it's the devil's way. 
Yeah, while they line their pockets. <laughs> it's just such a horrible line stuff. Free riding and uh, and it's just bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, going to some happier talk. <laughs> I want to talk about creativity, cannabis, and you. Well, every single song you ever heard of mine, I wrote stone. All of them. That's Blue awesome. Ships, Guinevere, Long Time Gone, Almost Got My Hair, all that stuff. All stone. What do you feel that it does for you when, when you do that? Like, what, what does it help you get into flow state? Or what are, what are, are there? You know what? Flux? The, the thing is, I write with other people a lot. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the camaraderie of, you know, having a couple of puffs and getting high and, and saying, wait, have you ever tried this, man? What about this? Or this idea has got me by the shorts here. I can't, can't get it. Can't make it look, let me go. Like, I have to, I have to write something about it. I, uh, that, that's fun. Yeah. And, and fun, fun and weed go really well together. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like built for each other. Yeah. Fun, weed, they got, they got matching, you know, matching edges. They, they push them together and they lock. I, uh, I think, um, that, uh, Weed goes with music just extremely well. Listening, feeling, dancing, uh, creating it, writing it, doing the poetry, working as a wordsmith, uh, uh, just jamming the music with someone else, playing three chord changes and seeing where it goes, which is what I used to do with, with Garcia a lot. Oh, let's see where this goes. Uh, that's really just exactly right in weed's uh, uh, area. You know, I mean, weed just goes with all of that stuff really well. Yeah. Uh, it makes you loosey-goosey and happy and relaxed. And uh, that's just the state you want to be in if you're trying to write. That Yeah, I, I can see that. Like, I, um, I, I sing and write jazz and blues, and it helps me get that critic out of my head so I can just let it flow and just have fun with yeah. it. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's one of the functions right there. It makes you not be so, uh, so critical of yourself and you forget about doing that and you just sing. Yeah. 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 And, and you just, I think for, you know, you, like I, Nina Simone. I love Nina Simone, Nina, Sim Nina Simone, Billie Holiday, mm -hmm. Tina Turner and Linda Ronstadt were my idols when I was in fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, you've got very good taste. I love all of those women. My favorite woman singing, though, is Bonnie. Oh, she's amazing. Oh, God, the girl can sing. And she sings purely from her heart. There's no tricks. There's no too many notes. There's no lovely, noodly, 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 noodly. She's just singing the tale, telling it from her heart. Yeah. Oh, God, I love her. Man. Yeah, she's, so she's, good. she's got soul. I, yeah, she really does. And she worshipped all of those other women that you ever saw. They, you know, I, I had the good fortune of seeing Nina Simone in her last concert tour. when. Yeah? Yeah, I got to see her at Davies. Why? You saw her live? I saw her live. You lucky fucker. <laughs> right? I was so excited. It was, I had tears in my eyes. I mean, she was... She was definitely not feeling well. 
Um, but she got she did a great show and she got so much love that night. She she was such a soulful human being, man. Yeah, yeah. Her she was in a lot of pain and 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 had a lot of trouble. You can hear and, it in her music. It was very brave, man. Very fucking brave, and musically very brave as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like when I think about you know, what performers and especially politically active performers have had to deal with in the past and then being a black woman. Yeah. It's a lot. Rough, a rough go all the way along. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And it's, you know, people's preconceived notions of you for what you do and who you are. And she was such a fighter, such a fighter. <laughs> but yeah, I love all of that. And, you know, it's it's, I just think about well, I know that I don't I don't think Nina liked cannabis because I remember somebody hearing a quote about somebody even comparing her to Billie Holiday and she got really upset. <laughs> you know, I love Billie, but I, I get I understand because it seems like Nina was pretty no nonsense. But, um, you know, when I think about like just all the amazing things that these people have brought to the table and how inspiring they are. And when you when you think about like your music, who are some of the legends that really inspired you? Mm, I think the people that inspired me most are the, the best singer-songwriters, which comes down to Joni. Uh, Joni Mitchell, more than anyone, so I think she was the best singer-songwriter of our times, without any question. Not anymore, you know, because she got stuck, in, stuck down, but... Uh, she she's uh her work was superior to anybody else i think uh and and it affected me very very strongly james taylor same yeah. way just really such pure fucking wonderful music and uh really affected me very strongly uh josh white early on in in my thing josh white and uh and uh odetta oh odetta Odetta, both of them affected me early on. I listened to the two of them really a lot when I was young, them and the Weavers. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but the, the people whose music really affected me the most, I'd say James Taylor and Johnny Mitchell and um, Linda Ronstadt, definitely. Uh, and uh, who else do I really love? Um, Steely Dan. Oh, they're brilliant. They've just been so good for so long, so completely wonderful. The music's so fucking good. Uh, that's that's my favorite band of all. Yeah, I I love them. We we were we always get on these things where we just start geeking out on stuff. The other day, we were pulling out old Yes albums and listening to those too, and just like because you know, my husband is a bit of a prog rock nerd. We like go all over the place with our stuff, but um, and then we were also listening to Steely Dan, and it was just just like the stuff that they came up with, and they're just they're such interesting guys too, like such interesting music, man. Just so so polished and so good and so just right. I yeah. mean, really wonderfully right shit. Yeah, Gaucho and Gaucho and Asia are two of my all time favorite records. Oh. I um I've I've listened to Gaucho a little bit, but I love Asia. Asia is such such a great everybody does. 
Yeah. Everybody that's ever heard it loved it. Yeah. And then going back to Joni Mitchell, like, we were we were just talking about her the other day because she's like, not only is she just so impactful, but we were we were talking about the fact that she's like the soundtrack to every woman of a certain age in their 20s. Like mm. you always go to Joni at a certain point in your life because she mm-hmm. just she has that strength and are she and James well, Taylor have such a sweetness. Blue, which, Blue is probably the the best singer songwriter record anybody made. Agreed. Really hard, really hard to resist. It talks about all the heartfelt stuff just so well that it's beyond belief. Yeah, she. I mean, it's not it's it's not only beautiful, but I think it it definitely like for a a woman's coming of age experiences as a young woman, it really speaks to that. It's that's that's yeah, I think so because yeah, it doesn't pull any punches, which I think is necessary if you want to get people. Yeah, if you want to really talk to people. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I love that. When with Ronstadt, I always loved her her pop music, but my. It sounds weird, but my favorite album of hers is that double album she did with Nelson Riddle. Ha! Huh. It's beautiful. Everything, everything, and her mariachi stuff is good. Everything oh, yeah. she ever did was fucking good. She's a wonderful human being. She's a friend of mine, and uh, and of course, you know, she's having a hard time now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw. I saw. Um... I, I the look on her face, man. She turned to me at dinner one time, a, a long time ago, and said, "I can't sing anymore." And <sighs> I, the look on her face just broke my fucking heart. I started crying at the fucking table right there. It, that's that's somebody who should always be able to sing. Yeah, I think so. But you know, that's the breaks. Yeah, it's I mean it's we change as we as we get older and I when I heard that I it it broke my heart too because she's just been for me she's like so good. Yeah, she's so good. It, you know, it's hard anytime that kind of thing. It's a hard it's happening to me. I, I've got tendonitis in my hands, right? And so I can't play guitar anymore. Really? And this is a guy who loved acoustic guitar with more passion than I can possibly describe to you. All my life, that was my companion, that was my lover, that was my friend, that was my joy, that was my place that I found all that fucking music was on a guitar. And now my hands won't do it. And so it's, it's that's hard. That's a hard thing to, to lose, uh, believe me. And I, I feel for her even more. Well, how do you, how, what, what have you replaced it with? Like, how do you compose i can still sing so i'm still still making record uh making record i'm working on one right now with my son james that's the sky trails band and we we are two songs into another record and i have a a lighthouse band record finished in the can ready to go ready to release anytime the fuckers will let me get it out I can't well, I'm trying to, to do the, I'm trying to do as much music as I possibly can in this little, admittedly very short window that I got left here. I've got uh, medical stuff that tells me I'm not going to be alive in, in two or three years, and so I, 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 I'm trying very hard to pack all the music that I possibly can because it's really the only contribution I can make. It's the only part where I can add anything. 
So I'm trying to do that as much as I can, uh, humanly possible, in the little bit of time that I got here. When you when you look at that, like I I um with I don't know mortality is a is a is a strange thing. I um when I was going through chemo, I I actually I almost died, and in that moment I was very calm, but it did change the way. It, I looked at the world and how I wanted to approach things. I realized that life was too short. Where did you find that calmness? Because I'm, I'm afraid. I think it was because in that moment, I, I just knew that there was just nothing I could do and that that was just it. And I surprised myself by being calm because I, I thought to myself, well, this is it. Well, that is terrifically admirable. It's. I think it's just one of those things that when it hits you – you just can't avoid it. And I, I've always been somebody who, when something happens, I'm, I, you know, I might fight it for a moment, but then I sit with it and I examine it. And it, and in the end, it's like when I got past that, when they were actually able to infuse me with something so that I was, I was not dying. (laughs) But I, I realized that life was short and that I didn't want to pretend that I like things anymore or deal with people's bullshit or I and it's okay to tell someone I love you and you're not good for me and to start taking care of myself and I think that that was it was it was a cosmic kick in the ass good because that's the highest level you could have taken at that yeah yeah but I I mean I I David I think it's just it's 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 not that it's not terrifying it's just that it is well it is what it is, and we all got to deal with it. In any case, I'm I'm having to deal with that. I'm having to deal with it, having lost my job, which I don't like at all. I yeah. love my gig, and I can't do it anymore. And that that's just part of what I got to live with. But I am having a lot of fun, uh, at least during the growing season. Anyway, I'm having a lot of fun tending pot, and and uh, now I'm going to become a trimmer and. Uh, well, I was. That's what I was doing this morning, taking off the big leaves. How does Jan write your trimming? Um, spotty. <laughs> <laughs> so we, when I was putting out that we were going to be talking this weekend, I had asked some of our listeners for some questions, and I have. Oh, good. I got a couple for you. One was, what are your tips for talking to teens about cannabis? Tell them the fucking truth. Yeah. How simple. Tell them the truth. Tell them about it. Do not leave them ignorant because they'll go out and start smoking some of that. Uh, what do they call it? Anyway, they, they, don't leave them ignorant. Uh, tell them exactly the truth about weed and tell them, listen, if you're feeling very crazy, don't don't be doing it. It's not a good idea. But if you're, uh, if it makes you happy, if, it, if the effect is that you are relaxed and happy, then there is nothing wrong with it at all. It doesn't have any bad side effects at all. Particularly if you, uh, you can... Uh... Okay, they've given you the lecture about the, about the weed, right? Bird pot burns at 450, but then it, it emits a vapor at about 350, and then you don't get any tar. That's why you vape. Mm-hmm. Now... I only do it in a patch three, which is homegrown in there. Okay, not, not you know, weird 
little dibs and dabs and dribbles that I don't know if they were made in a lab uh, in San Francisco or a bathtub in Beijing. Uh, I don't like the concentrates because most of them, they, they're using butane to, to ex do the extraction and I can taste it and I don't like the taste. No, uh, I like hash. I can, taste, I can taste the other, uh, you know, uh, chemicals that they use for extraction and I don't like either, any of them either. We use butter. Butter will pull it and it doesn't have a bad taste and then you can mix it with, we make ginger snaps, really good ones. Ginger and, and cinnamon work with the taste of the pot rather than trying to over, overwhelm it the way uh, chocolate chips do. Mm -hmm. uh, and they make a, it makes a really good ginger snap. And we, we grow, uh, you know, we grow our own. So we have the wheat there and we make, make our own butter and make our own ginger snaps. That works really well. That sounds delicious. It is. The, the, the flavor range is such that the weed doesn't, it's not conquered. It, it becomes something else. And you don't get a weed taste at all. And it, it's delicious. I, I think that the, the taste of weed, it's like when you use it almost, when you com combine it with things that complements it, it's, it's, like, it's, a, it's like an, an herb yeah, in itself. You, you, do it, yeah. If you do it, if you cook with it, you know, you can, you can, you can cook with it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, where I am in Modesto, I had a speaking engagement last night with a friend of mine who has an amazing company where she infuses honeys and olive oils, and she has a sriracha that's better than the stuff that you can get at the store, but you have to be careful with your dosage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'd, lo I'd love a sample of her honey. Oh yeah, I'll let her know. Her her company is called Potley, and I'm actually going to have breakfast with her after this, so I'll tell her. <laughs> yeah, tell her I'd love I'd love a sample. Yeah, I definitely oh. definitely will. It's we, we raise our own honey too. We have our own bees. Oh, see, I love that, and I, I I like using local honey for my allergies too. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it works. That's one of the reasons we do it. We use it. We use honey that we grow from our own bees and our own, they're doing it from the flowers all around us. How many hives do you have? Two. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Oh, another question for you. And this one is actually from Mara Gordon, and she's done a lot of amazing cannabinoid protocols with researchers to help with lots of different illnesses. But her question to you was, has cannabis helped you stay sober? Yes. And that's a funny thing to say, because, because if you're smoking cannabis, you're not sober. But yes, in the sense that she's asking, it, does it help me, did it help me keep sober from hard drugs? Yes. Yeah. Most definitely, yes. Uh, I'm a person that likes being high, and I used to do hard drugs uh, to great extent and to drag damage. I damaged myself a lot. Uh, canceled my consciousness for years at a time with drugs that that's what they do. Uh, I, I had to, I became so addicted that I went to prison. That's the only way I could get clean was to go to prison. And I did. The year in the Texas prison. Wow. Weed 
however, does not seem to harm anything in, that I do or my body or my, my psyche in any way. Uh, it makes me relaxed and happy, and that's all. And so I have, I did 14 and a half years completely sober, completely, nothing, no weed, no nothing, no booze, no nothing, uh, and went to meetings, three or four of them a week for 14 years. And what happened was after about 10 years, I finally felt like it was, it had stopped snapping at my heels, but it took that long. The people who tell you they're going to get you off cocaine in six weeks are lying to you. They are lying. It takes years, years of time to be. And uh, it took me 10 before I felt like I was comfortable again about it. I wasn't chasing me down the hall. Uh, so then I waited another four years after I felt that way. I waited another four and a half years before I smoked a joint. And then I felt, okay, yeah, happy and relaxed. I like it. It's not doing anything weird to my body. I, I think I'm okay to do it. But that's how the process went. It took 14 years for me, for me to get comfortable with it. Uh, before I would, I would do any drugs again. It was that dangerous. It nearly killed me, and it did put me in prison. So I think I, I think I looked at it, you know, pretty hard. I'm very happy that I smoke pot now. I does not, I do not want to stop for any any reason. I love it. Yeah, I, I really think that from a harm reduction standpoint, it can be a really valuable tool. I, I've, I've, oh yeah. You know, I've had so many people that when I used to work in the dispensary, that they were able to stop using things that either they had bad relationships with. Yeah, or... I think it's, it's lots of people. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think they're, they're, I think they're doing, they're finding out in the, that uh, microdosing is also helping with addiction on. Uh, uh, because it gets people high uh, in a, a way that allows them to see it. Uh, it's actually been working amazingly well. It turns out we were doing way too big a hits when we were doing uh, psychedelics. We were doing 125 mics, and that's just way more than you need. Uh, the, uh, you know who invented microdosing for me? Who? Okay, Paul Cantor and Grace Slick. Oh, okay. They used to have... Have you ever seen uh, a little tiny Altoids can? Yes. Like a small one about yeah. the, the length of your thumb? Yep. Okay. They would take one of those and put two or three tabs in it of Owsley. Mm-hmm. Then they'd shake the can. Okay. Then they'd snort the lid. Huh. And they would get an immediate high off of it. Immediate. And so you didn't have to wait a half hour and, well, did I take too much? Did I take any? Is it working at all? None of that. It happened right now, and it happened in a controllable amount, which was the first time any of us had ever had anything like that with psychedelics. It was a fucking wonderful thing. And so that's how we wound up doing it. We would just take a little sniff off of that can, and and we were microdosing then, right then. Huh. I, I, I have to say, I, I really enjoy microdosing. It's, um, it helps me with creativity and anxiety. I don't, 
I don't do it a lot because my body becomes very adapted to it. And so after a while, it's like, I don't feel anything. Mm. But, uh, well, but that's with mushrooms, not with LSD. Yeah. I think shrooms are really good. They're organic. They're, they, 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 they do the job. Yeah. I, I like all of it. I like uh, mescaline really a lot. Uh, but I'm so old now that I, I don't, I'm not going to be doing any psychedelics. I'm just, uh, I'm just smoking my joint and, or my packs and, uh, sitting back. I do. I, I just reflect on the fact that I don't have the time because I don't bounce back like I used to. <laughs> <laughs> Cause yeah. you, you got to pack that time into the schedule as well. <laughs> I don't have yeah, that. You do. That's it. <laughs> And it was, if, especially if you're doing a heroic dose, because that's, you know, that, that can be, large doses can be helpful if you're, if you're going in to do some like real work, but then you have to deal with it. When I was younger, I was like, okay, I'm going to work the next day. That's great. Now I'm like, hmm, no, I've got to rest. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> When you look at like the landscape of everything that's going on, whether we're talking about like music or cannabis or or just the world in general, what are you what are you excited about? What are you hopeful for? Mm. I'm so hopeful about art. I'm so hopeful about creativity. Uh, I confess, I am discouraged with the state of affairs in our country. Yeah. Uh, I do not like the almost half of our country that are uneducated and, and don't read books and are really, really stupid and believe that, you know, uh, Donald Trump is a, a wonderful thing. I, uh, I'm unhappy about all that. I'm unhappy about the, our failure to deal with global warming, uh, the it's very tough for me i i'm i I, my son doesn't think we're going to make it he says you can sell global warming and the solutions to global warming in sweden and we'll get it you can do it in denmark too he says but when you try to do it in in nigeria they're just going to laugh at you and he says, that's, there are too many stupid people in the world. And he's talking about in America, not in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. He says, there's too many stupid people who just can't put the facts together. That's beyond their ability. And they, they like that pickup truck, but um, that's, my, that's my friend. I like that pickup truck. I want it to make that big noise. You know, and they're just dumb. They're just fucking dumb. And that's really a tough thing for me. I, I would like the human race to grow up and go on out into the stars and see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that looking at, like I grew up, you know, I, I'm a child of the seventies, but I was like really growing up during like the Reagan era and just seeing like how things I just feel like a lot of it was done. The dumbing down of our country has been done by design for other people's wealth. It was done by design. Look at it this way. We used to have the number one education system in the world. Yep. Okay. Then it got degraded on purpose by the people running this country because 
stupid people are easier to manipulate mm -hmm. than educated people, okay? And that meant they could, you know, have a more willing populace. And they did it on purpose. And that's a really shitty thing to have done to us, and they did it. And uh, our kids are not getting that education, and they're just not. They're not teaching uh, jack shit. No. And I don't just mean teaching cursive writing anymore, which is fucking ridiculous. Uh, but they're not teaching history and math and science and the real shit. And uh, civics. And civics, uh, well, at all. And now they're, they're in there trying to modify history. Well, slavery didn't really happen. And them niggers was all happy and just, they, they had a good meal. They liked that because that's, that's, you know, and I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that at all. So there's lots of stuff about the world as it is right now that I am upset with. And it, and it does actually help me deal with it. Uh, being stoned puts a little distance between me and them. And I like that. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I like uh, adding a little CBG or CBD to that mix too to take down the anxiety about it because it's been... It's been stressful for a long time, but after... Does that for me anyway, just get from the get-go straight up, just... Yeah. Anxiety reduction is the first thing that happens right away. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my go-to. I don't, I don't have, I haven't had a prescription for any sort of thing to help with anxiety for, for over 12 years because I'm able to use cannabis instead. There you go. Without the side you effects. better to use stuff that you grew than use stuff that the, they made from Big Pharma because, boy, you can't trust them at all. Well, you can't. And that's actually um, – Well, or you look at say? what they just did. Here's what they just did. They, they tried – you know how they, they tried to reduce the, the uh, cost of insulin? Mm-hmm. And they said it, it costs you less than $10 to make it, and you're charging 300 and some. So we went to limit it to 35. The industry said, well, you can keep part of it for people that are on welfare, but you can't get that through. You have to take that part out of the bill because we're making too much money on it. That's disgusting. They took it out. I'm still paying $300. That's disgusting. For something they make for about eight. Yeah. See, that that's, that's the stuff that shouldn't be happening. And I... Well, well that's... Big pharma for you in, in a nutshell. There they are. Yeah, yeah. And and the politicians that are supposed to be doing their jobs and protecting the people are filling their pockets. As long as they can fill their pockets, as long as it is allowable for them to take money from the public, then they will be bought. And then we will not have a democracy. And that's how it is. And I don't like it at all because I love democracy. Shit, democracy is the only one that gives a little guy a chance, honey. It's the only one. We've tried everything else. We've tried juntas. We've tried dictators. We've tried royalty. We've tried every other way of governing, and they don't work. None of them work. And I, I, they don't give the little guy a shot at all. And and frankly, man, I, I'm not, I'm not okay with anything that doesn't. Yeah, you know, and they, that kind of goes back to education. People need to be educated on what socialism actually is. Yeah, they need to. 
They need to know what these terms mean and they need to know what these forms of government are. They need to know how government works and they need to participate. Yeah. Drastically need to participate. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, and that's when um when we had legalization in California and there were a lot of people who were upset that they couldn't afford their medicine and they were they were talking about, you know, the brands are greedy, the dispensaries are greedy, and that's when I, you know, would have it's my not. It's no the fucking regulatory shit that's messing up the price, man. That's it. And I do the I, I call it my stoner civics one oh one. I'm like, listen, you you the reason that we have all these issues is because the people who make our policies have an outdated view on who you are. That's it. So, so you need to let people know that you pay taxes, you contribute to society. You use cannabis and you vote. Yeah, and we like America. Yeah, we, we're Americans, and you gotta you gotta include us. Yeah, that's it. We have to be part of the conversation, and it's not you know, it's really easy. It's very convenient for people to to say that people who use cannabis are in this certain little box and that they don't matter and that they have no influence. But yeah, but that's like 50% of the country now. So I don't think that's going to work. It's not. They're lying to themselves. But now people need to actually come out and be open about not necessarily like they don't have to talk about how much they use it, but the fact that they use it at all. And that, you know, these people's jobs well, I, depend I'm on very it. Open about it. But I, I think some people aren't, aren't yet, but I think they will be. And I think a tremendous number of people are smoking it. Yeah. I agree. Well, I always say conversation is normalization, which is why we're talking today. Mm-hmm. It's yep. we got a lot of work to do, David. Yes, indeed, and I will help. I, and I can help. I I'm really looking forward to that, and thank you. I'm looking forward to our conversations in the future. Um, I'd also like to see you grow one of these days, if you'd ever let me. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, it's really pretty. It's a little Japanese garden right in, the, right in the back of our house, and it's very, very pretty. Um, and and you would love it. You have to come when it's grow season, though. Oh, it's on. It's on. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you up on that if you don't mind. No, I'm good with it. I'm also good with us having more conversations because I like it. It's good. You're good. I would love that. I would love that. I whether it's it's on the podcast or just talking about policy w between us or with like different like thoughts. I think partners. you'll find I help your podcast. Hmm. Chad, I think you will find that I help the podcast. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, yeah. And I really think that our listeners. Oh, I know our listeners were really excited to hear about you being on because I I talked about it in the beginning of the weekend, but actually a few, the other month when we set the date and everything, I made an announcement and I paired you with Peter Coyote because you're both, you know, icons of a certain time. And I just thought it was like such a nice combination. Well, genres, I can tell you that. What? Was I that? know Peter. Peter's a, he's a hoot. He's so, oh God, he's a charmer, that one too. He's, mm -hmm. he knows the stuff. We, we got into a lot Watch of- Watch out, you'll try to get in your pants. <laughs> No, no, he said he's in love now. <laughs> yeah. He when, mm -hmm. when we were talking, he said he was surprised that he he found love. And I thought, God, that's that's wonderful. If we need more of that. Odds <laughs> are love unzipped is fly. 
I forgot to tell him, though, that he was uh, one of my best friend's uh, crush back in the day she used to watch every single movie that he was in and now she listens to she watches all the ken burns documentaries just to hear his voice (laughs) oh david thank you so much and for um for people who want to follow you on social media or hear about your latest albums or projects what's the best way for them to follow you um go to my site Go to davidcrosby.com and, and it, that'll lead you every place else. Okay. Are you still doing your joint ratings? <laughs> That's just a Twitter game. I just do that for fun. Uh, yeah, sure. It's just a joke, really. Um, I, I like anything that puts me in contact with people because I find them fascinating. So if you have more people, if people send in more questions for me to you, mm-hmm. I ha- I will happily answer them. Just, questions are just teeing the ball up for me. Oh, I love that. Well, we'll definitely do that for sure. Okay. I, I thank you so much. And everyone remember, Planted is twice a month. And if you like listening, please give us a review, share it with a friend, let us know what your favorite episodes are. And if you'd like to stay in touch over social media, we are Planted with Sarah Pion on Facebook and Planted with Sarah on Instagram and Twitter. You can also go to our website, www.plantedwithsarah.com or listen to us on our parent network, Radio Misfits Network, where there are other great podcasts like one of my favorites, the Winemakers Podcast. So check it out. You can listen to Planted wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, whether that's Pandora, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, tune in. We are there. So join us. And until next time, stay curious, stay safe. And remember, it's a wild world out there. Be good to one another. Until next time, take care. 